Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. It's time for our Intelligence Community Roundtable. That means it's Friday afternoon. We're going to recap what has happened during the course of the week with our dear friends, Larry Johnson and Ray McGovern. There is some relative uh, breaking news. Uh, Ray has been able to get his hands on on a memo of the uh, Republicans in the House, at least those that are pushing uh, for more aid to Ukraine and and the nonsense that they believe. So we'll start with that. Ray, what do you, what do you have that you um, shared with Larry and with me earlier today uh, on the Republican beliefs and the Republican plans uh, for more assistance to Ukraine? Well, first off, Judge, uh, so that all your listeners and viewers know, John Rearsheimer has appeared on PBS last night, and they gave, him, they gave him enough time to tell the real story about Ukraine. My God, it was wonderful, wonderful. Now, he had two other people on there for balance, but with the facts that Mearsheimer had used, these were both completely off balance. It take you 10 to watch it. Take uh, 10 people to try and outbalance uh, uh <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, Go but ahead, this Frank. is a real breakthrough. Okay, now, with respect to what I said to you earlier, uh, this was a uh, piece by the Quincy Institute. Now, that's not as bad as some of these other warmongering uh, think tanks. No, that's they Professor some... Basevich, isn't it? Yeah, it's Basevich. Of course, uh, even Andy comes out of this... Uh, uh, indispensable or uh, what is it exceptional attitude from the United States I have to say but but they've come around here we have a new paper by Anatole Levin who's one of their muckety mucks and uh, George Beebe George Beebe used to advise Vice President Vice President Cheney but he doesn't brag about that but he was head of Russian analysis during a critical period. What are, what are they up to? What are they telling the Republicans? What do the Republicans believe will happen uh, if they can uh, ratify the aid that the Senate uh, voted for? Well, they're telling everyone here in this in this uh, actual memo that, uh, hey, uh, the business about negotiations not being possible, that's not right. They are possible now. Russia has taken it, uh, taken it pretty good. They're, they're actually advancing. Uh, it's not even a stalemate anymore. So we have to really, we have to, have to do this thing and get to negotiations. Now, um, 
What else? Uh, Ukraine's best hope. This is Ukraine, of course. That's the, our primary interest, right? Okay. Uh, it, their best hope lies in negotiated settlement. Uh, but, and this is the kicker, we need to give them more arms. Hello. Doesn't parse. Okay. The end here. By combining defensive arms that go to Ukraine with a vigorous diplomatic offensive, well, we can prevail. Well, they're still compromising here. It makes no sense at all to give more arms to Ukraine. And when Mearsheimer debated these other people, that was really, really kind of sad because Michael Kaufman of one of these institutes said, well, 1915 or <laughs> 2015, we're going to have these uh, these shells that the Ukrainians need now. And Mearsheimer says, look, they don't have shells. They're outnumbered 10 to 1 in shells, and they're outnumbered 5 to 1 in a population. Give it up. And that comes through very clearly. So this week is the week that matters. This is the week that you, that rep, the people in the United States have a chance to get at their representatives when they're home. They're not in Congress. They're not in Washington. And tell them, look. Support the idea uh, of Mike Johnson, for God's sake. He's, he's a, being uh, the, among the more sane people here. Do not, do not go with uh, Joe Biden, who's, uh, who's kind of susceptible to not rigor mortis just, but rigor fene mortis. Fene means almost, okay? He's okay. Uh, uh, like the Princess Bride folks said. He's, he's mostly dead. He's not going to change his view. Right. Larry, I guess I guess the uh, neocons just won't give up. Don't they recognize that the war is over? Ukraine has lost. What value would there be in sending equipment, even if we could get it to them in a reasonable period of time? Yeah, I really, actually, I don't think this is so much about sending more equipment, more arms to Ukraine. This is getting appropriations through Congress that are going to steer money into the military-industrial complex. These industries, uh, the, these these contractors, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, just to mention some of the top, uh, BAE systems, uh, they're going to turn around and, and give that money back to some of these members of Congress by way of campaign contribution. So, th I mean, this is a, uh, this is a self-licking ice cream cone. This is all about feeding the U.S. domestic economy using Ukraine as an excuse to justify the expenditures, because you, you correctly note, if if in the magical world they would give the money and that money would somehow get into Ukraine and then immediately they'd be able to, you know, run down to the local Ace Hardware store and buy a couple of HIMARS and you know pick up a Patriot missile battery and oh, I'll have uh, two dozen uh, 155 millimeter shells and then run out to the battlefield, it's not going to make a bit of difference, not a bit of difference because uh, Ukraine does not have the manpower. I keep repeating it. They don't have the manpower. Even if you gave them every magical weapon in the world, they have no longer the trained individuals competent to carry it out, which is why the Ukrainians appear to be relying increasingly on so-called foreign mercenaries that are comprised of Polish troops, American troops, British troops. Uh, so, and it's just, you know, this thing's going to come crashing down on them eventually. So we uh, we interviewed uh, one of those folks, uh, Matt Van Dyke. Who's, who's yeah, I no saw one. it. Right. Well, 
but aside from uh, his beliefs, he does acknowledge a serious manpower shortage, yep. consistent with what you've just said, and a serious morale shortage among the few soldiers that are remaining because they now have a commander, uh, Ray, who won't hesitate to put them into the meat grinder. The commander's nickname is the Butcher of Bakhmut because of the way he did put men into a meat grinder, knowing that they were not going to uh, come back alive. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. He did that in uh, Mahmoud, the, uh, the place there where in last May, uh, the Ukrainians uh, tried to storm and they failed miserably. That's how he got the nickname. Now, how did he get to be Supreme Commander again? Well, that was Victoria Nolansky, <laughs> Victoria Nuland, who came over uh, 10 days ago and said, look, uh, if uh, Zolushny is delusional and thinks that we can't win this war, we got to get Sirsky in here. He immediately sent Cracker, crackerjack troops, the Azov Battalion, the Theonazi Battalion, to help with the folks at Adievka. And what happened? The Russians saw them from the air and obliterated the Azov Battalion. So there's no hope at all. Adievka has fallen. There's nothing between, well, where the Russian troops are now and the Dnieper River. I, for one, do not think that Putin will be in a big hurry to rush to the Dnieper. Uh, but I think the Russia has already won. And as Larry says, there's no manpower. There are no shells. What are the Ukrainians going to do? It is the industrial, the military industrial complex. And never has it been so transparent because the president himself and the senators and the representatives said, look, you know, this is a lot of money, $60 billion. But two thirds of it comes right back here to, right. to build the orbs and to make jobs for you guys. Yeah, for the 1%. Um, Larry, uh, the president uh, earlier today, or maybe it was last night, I'm not sure when, because he's in California, uh, announced more sanctions against uh, 500 Russian individuals. I'm not sure who they are, but we all know uh, from an examination of basic economics that the sanctions he announced two years ago not only have failed to harm the Russian economy, but have actually induced it into a level of economic independence right. and produced some measurable prosperity beyond what was there uh, before the sanctions. What What is Biden trying to accomplish other than some sort of domestic uh, political uh, advantage, continuing to demonize Putin, blaming him personally on the death uh, of Navalny and this uh, uh 
uh, helicopter pilot that defected that was killed in uh, in Spain. But what right. is to be gained by these absurd sanctions, some of which cost more to enforce uh, than they actually uh, inflict pain? Yeah, th this is all political theater. That really means nothing. Uh, the uh, Biden administration feels that it needs to send a strong message to Russia. And so we're going to put a bunch of people on the list and say they can't do anything economically with the United States. And, uh, you know, some of those people over there that are being targeted could care less. Because there was a time when interacting with the United States, with, with being part of Europe and part of the Western culture was, I, I think, important. The Russians naively believed that they could be accepted into the West. And that would be a lie uh, across the board. We, we know that uh, starting with Boris Yeltsin, as, as uh, Jeffrey Sachs you know, laid out so eloquently on your show uh, earlier this week, uh, that he sat in the room when Yeltsin said, hey, you know, we're done with communism. We want to be with you guys. And the United States extended not the handship of freedom, but the middle finger of you, you go sit on. Right. And the same with uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, Putin twice with Clinton and then with George W. Bush. So, you know, what this shows is the United States is hell bent on trying to provoke a war with Russia, trying to destroy Russia. It is, it's evil. This, this is the essence of evil because it would be one thing if Russia was out, quote, abusing its, you know, locking up political prisoners right and left. Well, hello, the United States has more political prisoners from the January 6th so-called insurrection than Russia even, you know, only a fraction, doesn't even begin to approach it. Same thing when you get to the numbers of people in prison. The United States has double the number of people in prison in this country. So by every metric, if you're going to use of good and evil, the United States falls on the evil side. We've killed more foreigners. We've started more foreign wars. We've locked up more political opponents. We're, we're in fact, uh, pressing anybody that's connected with Donald Trump in this country. So let's wake up and recognize what's going on. Ray, the uh, attitude of American superiority and hatred of Russia, which Larry has so articulately just summarized and so prudently just condemned. How prevalent of that is that in the American intelligence community, particularly in the CIA where the two of you once worked? Unfortunately, uh, Judge, it doesn't really matter. Uh, this fellow, Bill Burns, who's just a cog in the system, He's a member of the cabinet, which should never happen to the head of the intelligence or head of the CIA. And he, he just blends in with uh, what the policy is. Now, the proof of that, of course, is that he was told by Sergei Lavrov back in 2008 that if you try to admit Ukraine and Georgia into NATO, that will provoke us. 2008, February 1st, look it up. <laughs> So what happens right after the, the Russian invasion of, of the Donbass? Well, here's Burns. That was totally unprovoked, totally unprovoked. So the intelligence people don't have much to say about this. The megalomania on the part of this aging Horton Autoree's president is what seems to be shaping the thing here. And what he said just yesterday 
you know, that son of a, you know, Sukin Sin is the way the, the Russians say SOB. It sounds even worse in Russian, and it is, okay? <laughs> and he has no business talking this way. I mean, it's one more thing here. After a hurricane, he was down in, uh, in Florida, just about a year and a half ago, and the mayor comes up and says, oh, thanks around for being, thanks for being so strong on Ukraine. And Bush, <laughs> uh, Biden is overheard saying, yeah, nobody Fs with a Biden. Nobody Fs, you know what the F word is with yeah, a Biden. Yeah. So that's the attitude here. Right. And, you know, these, these satraps, these acolytes are not going to disabuse them of that. Some of them think the same thing. Uh, we're going to take a break for a, a commercial announcement. When we come back, we'll uh, transfer to uh, Israel and Gaza and to the monstrous plans that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu announced uh, earlier today uh, to take over Gaza and the West Bank. But first this. How do you really feel about your financial future right now today? Stable or uncertain? Despite all the happy talk that the Fed and the banks want you to buy into, I believe that 2024 is going to be a very unstable year, politically and financially. That's one of the reasons I decided to buy physical gold and silver, and I suggest you should do the same and do it now. Why? Because throughout times of economic uncertainty, gold and silver have rightly earned a reputation for stability. Owning precious metals has made me feel more stable, and it can do the same for you. Reach out to my friends at Lear Capital and get their free wealth protection guides. You can reach them at 800-511-4620. Lear has earned an excellent reputation by helping thousands of customers just like you move portions of their retirement savings into Lear gold and silver IRAs. It's easy to do, and it's tax and penalty free. Don't be caught off guard. Experts predict the markets may tank again. You'll be happy if you have protection in place. So call Lear at 800-511-4620, 800-511-4620, or go to learjudgenap.com and tell them your friend the judge sent you. Larry, where, um, where is the Biden administration going to go? And of what value is there mantra that they're in favor of the two-state solution. They have Saudi Arabia on one side saying there will never be normalized relationship with Israel without an independent Palestine. Uh, and they have uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu on the other side saying we're going to take over and manage and, and provide security for and, and actually own Gaza and the West Bank. These views are yeah. polar uh, opposites. And there doesn't seem to be any resolution between them short of force. Yeah, you know, I, I'm in favor of um, people being able to fly themselves to Mars. Now, just because I'm in favor of that, it's not going to happen. And that's the same with the Biden administration's lip service to a two-state solution. Not going to happen. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to lift a finger to save the Palestinians. Israel has embarked on a, a program of genocide, extermination. Uh, they do not want them to have any kind of political rights, political freedom at all. Uh, and President Lula of Brazil was right the other day. 
drawing the comparison with how the Nazis treated the Jews when they herded them into the various ghettos like Lutz and then most infamously Warsaw, uh, because that's exactly what uh, Gaza and the West Bank have become. They've become like giant ghettos because the uh, Palestinians do not control the ability to enter and leave at will. It is guarded. The exits are guarded by Israelis, just like the, the Nazis guarded the exits, prevented the Jews from getting in and out, just as the Nazis prevented food from getting into the Warsaw Ghetto. The, the Israelis are preventing food from getting into Gaza. Uh, they had the Judenrat, the uh, Jews that were put in charge of ruling over the ghetto, but they were under the control of the Nazis. Well, ditto. That's what's been going on in, in Gaza and the West Bank. So what, what, we're, re, what we're witnessing is, uh, is a crime of enormous proportions, and virtually nobody in the world is doing anything to stop it. Uh, Ray, um, uh, our friends at Decode Pink uh, approached a congressman from uh, Tennessee. We're going to run the clip. It's a little difficult. I'll tell you now what he says so that those watching can prepare their stomachs for it. Uh, he basically says, kill them all uh, when he is challenged in the hallways uh, of Congress uh, as to why won't you be in favor of a, a ceasefire. The Israelis are starving the Palestinians to death, and that's a war crime. His response, of course, is as horrific uh, as what I just quoted. Let's watch what he says, and then, Ray, uh, your thoughts. Let's be clear, Hamas raped and murdered babies. There's no evidence of that. I've seen the footage, and you have I've seen the footage. You've seen footage of shredded children's bodies. That's my taxpayer dollars. I'm going to bomb those kids. So I think we should kill them all. If that makes you feel better. Everybody. Israel's been attacking Palestine. Israel is an occupier. Palestine was there before Israel. Your IMT doesn't make it true. My what? They're starving women and children. How is that going They've after Hamas? Over 300 healthcare workers. Shame on you. You have I, no heart. How is turning off water and no power heart. on pregnant women going Apex after Hamas? Apex zombie. Death to Hamas. A thug in uh, in the House of Representatives, but I'll let you take it from there, Ray. You you know personally, I don't know if you know the women that were there, but you know personally the courage of the uh, group that was challenging him. I do know some of the women who were there. Uh, here's an object lesson to what's left of our democracy if we exert it. Uh, what a good example those people are. Uh, how atrocious the response that they get. That keeps That needs to be publicized again and again. Now, Larry is quite right. There is a precedent for that. It happened during my early lifetime, okay? It was the murder. It was the genocide of Jews. It's genocide now. And here's a little quote from Thomas Merchant from a poem he wrote 60 years ago, which people who are dogging Congress people can use. It's called chant to be used in processions around a site with furnaces. The commandant of a Nazi death camp goes through his daily routine and then concludes with this sentence, quote, 
Do not think yourselves better because you burn up friends and enemies with long-range missiles and bombs without ever seeing what you have done, end quote. That came during Vietnam. How do we end Vietnam? Because Congress voted to end the funding. How do we end the support for those murderous Contras? Because Congress voted to end the funding. That's what needs to happen now, not only with respect to Ukraine, but with respect to Israel uh, before it's too late, before too many thousands of Gezans are killed. Larry Ray's 100% correct, but Congress is never, because of the vice grip that APAC has on it, is never going to end the funding to uh, uh, Netanyahu. It would take an extraordinary act of courage from the president of the United States, which is not going to come from this president, to do that. Yeah, it, it's going to take some ex external event that, that will be tragic, unfortunately. Uh, the, the word is that Israel, you know, they've been massing their troops up in the north, as Alistair Crook uh, noted on Monday. Uh, the uh, head of the Israeli army, Halevi, has uh, talked about invading Lebanon. The public opinion poll uh, in Israel comes out and says, oh, yeah, 71 percent, almost 75 percent of the Israelis, they want to start a war in, in Lebanon against Hezbollah. So uh, the... The, the one opportunity I guess I see for salvation out of this is that Israel will launch that invasion and Israel will then face military defeat. And then in the, in the face of military defeat, they're going to have to pull back and reassess what is it that we're doing. Uh, at that point, the only thing that would really save them is if there is some international intervention, but to, to create a, a real genuine peace. But, but right now, they show no regard whatsoever for treating Palestinians as human beings. And the, the West, the mantra in the West is, is built on this propaganda that we take the actions of a few, let's say a few in Hamas, and then we ascribe it to the entire population, that women, children, elderly, doesn't matter, Christian. Yeah, if you're Palestinian, it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or Muslim, you're a terrorist. And it's become that by definition. Uh, barring that, I, I think what we're going to see is just uh, a continued uh, tale of death and destruction. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, another great week uh, with both of you. Thank you for this roundtable. You know how popular uh, it's become. Uh, we'll so look forward to seeing you both next week. Thank you. All the best, my friends. All righty. You're welcome. Another great conversation with two uh, wonderful and insightful and courageous uh, members of our team. Uh, two o'clock, Aaron Eastern, Aaron Matei on Bibi Netanyahu wanting to own Gaza and the uh, West Bank. And three o'clock, by popular demand, ask the judge. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. <laughs>